know I'm gonna get got. But I'm gonna get mine more than I get got, though. What is good, guys? Welcome back. This is episode 21 of Locker to Leave It. Got a good week coming up, man. Florida State plays tonight. They play Virginia at 7 o'clock. So we'll be throwing heavy fake money on that. And we also got some more special guests coming for you guys. So uh, stay tuned. We're recording this podcast on Monday, February 15th. I'm your host, Jay. Joining me as usual is my co-host, Cam. What's going on? What's up, Jay? I mean, you just you set up huge game tonight against UVA in the Tucker Center. You know how it goes in the talk. We win in this one. Look to see Florida State ranked in the top 10 coming up next week. Exactly. Virginia's top 10, so once we beat them, we'll just slide right into that spot beautifully. But tonight, we got three guests with you. Let's introduce them, starting off with Chad. What's going on, Chad? I know you want to put some money on that episode. Yes, sir. What's going on? Absolutely massive amounts of fake money are going to be dropped tonight and going to be won tonight because I think it's going to be a close game, uh, but we're home in the tuck, and I think we, we get a nice dub tonight. Nice dub tonight. Nice dub later on the week. We're only getting better as a basketball team, only getting better as a unit. With that being said, let's toss it over to Aaron. Aaron, how's it going? I'm doing great. Really excited for the game tonight. Uh, the one bet I, re- I like a lot more than the others is the under. Two really good defensive teams. You're going to see a lot of, uh, well, like I said, a lot of defense, a lot of big guys rotating, a lot of clamps on the perimeter and down low. Rip the under. I'm not going to regret it. Absolutely. And then last but certainly not least, we got Floyd. What's going on, Dylan? How you doing? Fellas, what's going on? Two best teams in ACC. Looking forward to it. But, you know, when we, we've been talking to these FSU basketball players lately, Tuck's a big deal. So I expect the boys to get a W. Moneyline's sounding really good right about now. Exactly. So let's segue over to the NBA. It's a third of the way through the season, so we'll be talking about which NBA teams we think we will be locking or leaving as contenders in the playoffs. Uh, some good NBA talk. And then we're going to go on and talk to you guys about our NBA All-Star selections, starters and reserves. So uh, without further ado, let's just get into it. We'll be right back. So we are back and we're going to be talking about basically the uh, people that we think are going to be serious contenders in the NBA. We're going to lock them or leave them. I'm going to throw it to my guys. First team I want to talk about was in the Western Conference, actually. And Cam mentioned them earlier. I think we have to talk about them first because they're first in the West, the Utah Jazz. Uh, We see them really meshing together well as a team. Great team chemistry. There's that one clip where they pass the ball around like eight times, just like twice around the entire court. Opens up for a great Gobert dunk. Donovan Mitchell is playing at a more than all-star caliber level. So let me just throw it to you, Floyd. Do you lock them or leave them as a contender in the NBA playoffs? So I'm, I'm locking the NBA, uh, the Utah Jazz, and here's the reason why. When you were talking about their passing, how they look like a complete team, when you have a team that's completely bought in, you have a potential six-man of the year, you're beating teams like the Boston and Milwaukee in the past couple of uh, games they've had. They look great. And, you know, we, we clown on Rudy Gobert a lot because it's easy to do. But he, if you watch the Jazz play, he is such a huge part of their team's success. And we're seeing Donovan Mitchell, ever since Shaq kind of clowned him, ascend to someone who could be at that next level. So I'm locking them in. I like the Jazz a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about that, man? I'm actually leaving the Jazz here. Uh, I don't think their play style is going to translate to the playoffs, as it hasn't before, you know. 
this is pretty much a run it back with the same team. I will say Mike Conley has looked really good this year, which he has not in years past. That's given him a big boost they've needed. He shot the ball well, playmaking well. He's playing great defense. But overall, I'm leaving the Jazz as contenders. I like them as a team, but I just don't think they have what it takes to go very far in a crowded West this year. Yeah, uh, the Jazz one is a tricky one because you have these role players who are really stepping up. The people like Jordan Clarkson, who was on the Lakers two years ago and was you know, kind of considered and dropped off and got traded to the Cavs. You have people like Derek Favors. You have other people on this lineup, uh, George Niang coming in and hitting threes, Royce O'Neal, Bogdanovich. They have a whole group effort, which makes me throw it over to you, Cam. Uh, what do you think about this one? Locking them or leaving? This one hurts, and I hate to say it, but Aaron, I agree with you. I'm leaving the no. Jazz out only because, okay, there are a couple things first. I love Donovan Mitchell. I'm a huge fan of him. He's a great player, all-star talent for sure. But And I also really like Jordan Clarkson. That guy is a great player to come off the bench, gives you great buckets, great score, doesn't really need – he can do it all with the ball, shoots good threes. My problem with this team is they remind me a lot of the 2014 Atlanta Hawks team. Great regular season team, but when it comes to the playoffs, they're not going to be able to get the job done. There's nobody on this team that can – I mean, Mitchell's a great talent, but he's still a few years away from really being that Batman guy and taking this team over the hump. I don't think they get it done this year, and I'm leaving them out. So I want to add, uh, I think it's a good comparison. It's not bad. The Atlanta Hawks team does kind of resemble the Jazz. And the Jazz, like Aaron said, is pretty much the same squad from last season. But uh, with that being said, I think that they've improved overall, just team um, compatibility um, and just, just being better with the ball. They, just, they look like a better team and they're improved. And they have the number one seed, so I think you have to give them and lock, it on, lock them in as contenders. Yeah, I'm going to lock them, man. Uh... I think you're wrong about that Donovan Mitchell statement, man. Donovan Mitchell, we saw, went toe-to-toe with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and was putting up 50-point games on him. He went seven games with that team, right? That same team that he went seven games with beat the L.A. Clippers and then went to the NBA Western Conference Finals. If a Western Conference Finals, to me, means that you're a contender, I think the Jazz could make it to the Western Conference Finals. I think they're a contender. What do you think about that? That playoff series, Jay, was one of my probably the best playoff series I think I've ever watched with my own eyes. But we do have to remember that it did take place in the bubble with no fans in an arena where you can where with the slanted ceilings, you everybody was shooting higher percentages across the league. And I understand players can catch fire in open gyms. I know we watch the Rico Hines light all the time. People always just shoot better when there's no fans and they don't have to go into other people's stadiums. I just, I feel like that played a big factor and I know they have the one seed this season, but I really got to see it before I give it to them. Dude, I, 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 I vehemently disagree with you on that, man. It's tough because you're only thinking of this season, but what happened, what a rookie Donovan Mitchell took down Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and that OKC team, that was a good team, but they didn't have enough to get over that hump. They had a rookie, Donovan Mitchell, going into Oklahoma City and dropping 40. If that's not a Batman, I don't know what is. Floyd, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think about that? Jay, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Cam City's a couple years away. 
couple years away from what? He's already doing what he needs to do to bring his team to the next level, and that's why they've won their last seven. They're like, you know, 17 of 18 in their last, you know, 18 games. They're, it's a great team. They're well put together. And you say they remind you of the Atlanta Hawks of 2014. That clip of them passing the ball around, it kind of looked like the Spurs of 2014. I don't know. I'm just letting you know, I think they're geared and primed and ready to go and compete for a championship. Yeah, I just – Donovan Mitchell, I don't think he has much more. I, don't th- I think this is what he's going to be. I mean, he's what? He's 24, 25 now. He's starting to hit his peak. He's not going to get a whole lot better. I just don't see the Jazz, unless they had a big piece, ever being that team, to be honest with you. I don't think it's ever going to happen with this roster right here at least. Floyd, what do you think? I see you shaking your head over there. Aaron, you made the point I was just about to make, though, and I think they're still, if they could get one more piece with this team, then they would be contenders. The problem is, is because they're a small market team, nobody is going to come to Utah. Utah is not a destination for free agents. Who wants to go live in Salt Lake City? Come on. Dude, once again, I think you're like 0 for 3 early on in the podcast, dude. The Utah Jazz, for me, depends what you consider a contender. A contender for me means are you making an appearance in the Western or Eastern Conference Finals? Can you get to the Conference Finals and have a chance to make it to the NBA Finals? A chance. I'm not saying, if we're talking contender contenders, there's really only three in the league that are contenders. We're talking about who can make it to the Western Conference Finals. They can do it. They went seven games with the team who happened to get there. Donovan Mitchell proved to me that he can get the job done. But let's move on. And let's go on to the Phoenix Suns, another Western Conference team that I really want to talk about. They're on a six-game win streak. D-Book and Chris Paul are balling together. They have great wing defense and three-point shooting with Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. And DeAndre Ayton is finally showing us, coming out of his shell a little bit, you know, uh, really producing more and getting more touches in that offense. So let me start off with Aaron and then we'll drop it to Floyd. How do we feel about the Phoenix Suns? Do we lock them or leave them as contenders in the Western Conference? Personally, I'm going to lock them. I really like what I've seen from the Suns. Their offense has been great. It's been awesome to see DeAndre Ayton, like you said, break out of his shell a little bit. He's on my fantasy team, so I'm a huge fan of his. He's been going off lately. He's scoring a lot of points. He's getting a lot of rebounds. He's playing good defense. And with that veteran leadership like Chris Paul, who's proven he can get it done in the playoffs, D-Book's been clutching big spots lately. I like this Suns team a lot. I think they have what it takes. I, I think they're better than, not right now, regular season, obviously, but playoffs, I think they'll be better than the Jazz. Floyd, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to disagree by a tad. I, I'm not locking them in because I don't think they're going to contend this year. I think with the young nucleus that they have right now of Devin, DeAndre, you guys touched on Cameron. I mean, it's they look like a solid team. They've had some great wins. I mean, they beat the 76ers not too many days ago. They beat the Bucks before that by a point. But I wish we had this podcast tomorrow because tomorrow night they play the Nets at 10 o'clock. So I'm really looking forward to seeing in those kind of big-time marquee games what Chris Paul can elevate this whole team to because he, I think, this far into the season might have been one of the most important free agent signings for a team this summer. Yeah, Floyd, don't forget, KD's sitting out tomorrow night, too, because he's resting up. Oh, right. Yep, yep. Yeah, but I actually, Aaron, I agree with you, bro. I think this Suns team is legit. I mean, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Devin Booker on the offensive end is one of the uh, most elite players in the league. 
and Chris Paul, bro, that dude is like, he doesn't age either. He's just like LeBron, bro. Like he's moving. He's a great leader in the locker room all the guys in the league look up to him. Mikel Bridges, great defender, great three-point shooter. DeAndre Ayton was like tearing me up on in fantasy a few weeks ago because he's on Aaron's team. So uh, he's also great. And as, as Jay touched on earlier, whenever young Whenever young big men play with uh, Chris Paul, he, he sets them up for easy buckets, gets them, gets him, give him the ball in like the right spot to let him do what he wants to do and uh, be super effective. And I really like the Suns team. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, they are better than the Jazz. What do you think, Chad? I don't think I'm going to lock them or leave them. I think I'm going to rest them because I think they're pretty much neck and neck when it comes to. Uh, contendership um when, with the jazz i think they're, they're they're right there with each other um i just think they're a little too young to be honest besides chris paul they still have a lot of room to build and as you can still see there's the players on that team are still getting better and uh so i think it's a little early for them yeah let me touch on this man the jazz aren't going to be the number one seed for the whole season at least i think in my opinion they may be dropped down to three four suns may hover at five six so Jazz Phoenix is a very real possibility to happen in the playoffs. I think the Jazz take that serious. The Jazz have the experience. They've been to the playoffs many times before. Everybody on Phoenix, excluding Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, haven't been to the playoffs at all. So I think that's just the experience factor would uh, matter because that's a big, big factor in this. What do you think about that, Cam? So you think your boy Devin Booker is going to lose in the first round then to the Jazz? Here's the thing, dude. I can be objective. That doesn't mean that Devin Booker is any worse of a player. But I think if the Jazz have been to the playoffs for the last four seasons and have gained all that experience, all that camaraderie, they've been there before, Donovan knows what to do when it comes down to that stretch. I think Devin Booker, this one is going to be a learning playoffs for him. But they have a chance. The Phoenix Suns, though, like you guys all alluded to, Chris Paul plays so well with all these young guys. I love to see Devin Booker off the ball, cutting to the basket, doing back cuts, coming off curls, and getting put the ball in the perfect position for him to make a play on the offensive side of the ball. I think that Chris Paul really sets up everything for this offense. But here's the thing. When Chris Paul sits down, you still have great point guards. You have, uh, alluding me, Javon Carter, a very good defensive point guard who can shoot the three. Cam Payne, who was out of the league, came into the bubble, and now he regularly produces for that team. So the role players, Monty Williams, I think as a whole, they're doing a great job. I, and I, even with that said, I can't lock him. I, I can't lock him as a contender. I just, I don't think they're making the Western Conference Finals. I think they can make the semis, but I think when you run into those experienced teams, they take the cake. Uh, how do we feel about that? Well, they're teetering on the line, like I said. That's why it's like you can't lock them in, but I don't want to leave them out because they could surprise people. Like I said, Chris Paul was probably the most important signing because of what you said. He ties it all in together. You know, the past couple of seasons watching D-Book, as great as he is, maybe not as great as Tatum, but watching him play, it's like something's missing. And now Chris Paul's there, and it's like, okay, well, they filled that gap, but now because that's been filled, there's all these little, like, spots you kind of find in the offense, and sometimes the rotations on defense aren't there, so they're missing something. Yeah, I just wanted to add one quick thing, too. Another th I know Jay's going to be a little mad at me for saying this, but 
another thing that helps the Suns team was when they signed Chris Paul is when now you have Chris Paul, Bridges, and Aiton out there, it allows Devin Booker to hide on the defensive end, and he doesn't have to guard any of the good players. So he can just focus on what he's really good at, which is straight offense. And I think that's really helped him this season to increase his shooting numbers. Yeah, so with that being said, uh, I'm just not even going to acknowledge the statement he just made. Uh, let's just hop <laughs> over to the other conference, the Eastern Conference, and we're going to talk about, first of all, the Boston Celtics, man. Uh, Floyd, I know you got to be the first one to talk here. Tell me how you feel about these games. They got blown out by the Wizards, lost to the Pistons. It's not looking too good. How do you feel about Brad Stevens? How do you feel about your roster as a whole and maybe the future for the Boston Celtics? Well, I mean, you, you said it, you know, the, the future of the Boston Celtics, you know, a couple of years ago, if you'd have asked me, I, I would have said Brad Stevens is the next Red Arbach. I, I would have said that he coming out of college looked like one of the most promising coaches possible. And I still think that the potential is still there, but the way that Danny and the rest of the crew has structured this roster together, I love how Jalen and Jason, we've found out they can be the two best players on a team, but what the hell is going on around the rest of the team? Jeff Teague, I don't want to see the number 55 ever again on the fucking court. It's just like Peyton Pritchard, keep, keep running it with him. I'm tired of watching the stagnation, the mediocrity of the team. They've been, I understand, three of the, uh, three of the last five Eastern Conference Finals, we've been there. Jason and Jalen have had the experience. But when are we going to take that next step? When are we going to stop losing to Russell Westbrook airballing free throws? When are we going to lo stop losing to the Detroit fucking Pistons? When are we going to make a change to make that next jump to the next level? Is it Andre Drummond? Is it Jared Allen? Danny Ainge? Figure it out. The Celtics organization is in an absolute pickle, and let me explain why, man. The Celtics have their draft picks, right? But if you said the same thing like Floyd said two years ago, you would have said, we're sitting on an embarrassment of riches. We're going to get somebody. That somebody turned into Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward left. Terry Rozier. If you, I would rather Terry Rozier on the Boston Celtics than Me too. Kemba Walker right now. So when you talk about the Celtics, Danny Ainge has a conundrum. And that conundrum is, do I give my picks to try and go in and get somebody? Or do I rest it and hope that we can draft another player that's an impact player? Because they missed on Tyrese. Yes. They could have drafted all these players they missed on. So is it, do we take a chance and get somebody and try to go for it? Or do we lay low and keep it going? Aaron, let's get your take on that. I think you got to send it. you got to go all in. Because, I mean, these picks, you got a lot of picks, right? What are you going to do with them all? You're not going to draft 17 guys and hold all of them. That's just not possible. At some point, the stockpiling of picks has to be used to get NBA-ready players not even necessarily star level, just good role players that can hold it down. Peyton Pritchard has been great this year. He was a great draft pick. He needs a bigger role, I think. Uh, like you said, Jeff Teague, not getting it done. Jalen's been fine. Tatum's been fine. It's just the pieces around them have not been good enough to kind of let them shine, while at the same time allowing them to, how do I say this, win games, really. I mean, they haven't been bad, but they haven't been as good as they should be with these two young studs on their team. I think that's the problem Danny Ange has to figure out is how do I get guys around them to complement them and give us a full roster instead of being so top heavy? Yeah, Aaron, I think you, uh, I think you're exactly right. I love the young combo of uh, Jalen and uh, Tatum. Those are two of, that's probably one of the best young duos in the league easily. 
I mean, they're both good defenders. Good Jalen took a huge step this year on the offensive end and has been, especially with Tatum missing so many games due to COVID. I mean, Jalen's been lighting it up. So, I mean, I think Aaron's exactly right. I think you guys need to like Peyton Pritchard, keep him, put him on the bench. He's a, give, make him the sixth man. Let him run the show. We watched him in Tampa. He had 20 in person. He was, he's, he literally can put buckets on anybody. He's like discount Fred Van Fleet out there. And I love watching him play, but you guys got, you got to go all in with Jalen and Tatum. This, this young duo is too good to not have the right pieces around him to not compete. And it doesn't make sense because the Celtics team is, as Jay was saying, you have all these riches, you have all these picks, like you gotta, you got, we gotta make some sort of deal. Kemba's gotta go. Kemba is not, is not going to be on this team. He's, he's towards the end of his career. I love Kemba Walker as a player, cardiac Kemba. I mean, he's given us some of the greatest moments, but he's not, doing it anymore he's he just can't, not doing it anymore. he's not that guy anymore he can't be the starting point guard on the team he doesn't do anything on the defensive end and like luckily you have Marcus Smart who's one of the best defenders in the league and Tatum and Brown who are also that way so I mean he doesn't have to guard the best player but he's he's a he's a very he's slowing down the team as with Tristan Thompson and Daniel Dice well that's the thing about the NBA like they made the trade for Kemba or they gave him all the money for free agency just because you found out someone's bad doesn't mean you can just get rid of him. Because other NBA teams know he's bad. Who's trading for Kemba? How are you getting rid of Kemba Walker? But that's not even the point that I really wanted to get to. The point I wanted to get to was the Tatum and the Brown aspect, where you have to send it. Because if I'm Tatum or Brown, and I see all these people start teaming up in three years, and my Celtics are still laying low saying, oh, but wait, but wait, we're, we're going to get him. We're going to get that player. That's when you got free agency conundrum. So you want to lock those guys in for the next decade. And well, don't the give thing, them any reason to yeah. think otherwise. Well, in the NBA, just like any other sport, there's windows of opportunity, okay? And our window of opportunity, every year that goes by that we lose these Eastern Conference finals or we're not going to our full potential, it's another piece of the window that's slowly closing. Okay, and just to put it in perspective, Peyton Pritchard, that kid's 23 years old. You know who's 25 years old? Jalen Brown, and he averages 26, 5, and like 3. These are great players that we have. And, Danny, don't get me wrong. When we talk about role players in the draft, I know we've got Rob Williams, Grant Williams. We, we do okay, but then you have Tremont Waters, and, you know, we're looking at Semi Ojale. Figure it out. It's really tough to be a Celtics fan sometimes. It's got to be upsetting too as a Celtics fan because if you think okay LeBron's over in the uh, west now you've got nobody really in your way at the beginning of the season I, realistically the Celtics could have made it out of the east like before the season started I mean it was it was very realistic possibility that that team could have been the ones to go to the finals and play the Lakers before Brooklyn teamed up and made that new big three you got to think like how does Tatum how does Tatum and Brown feel bro like their their window of opportunity as Dylan said has literally just been the door just got slammed on them again because now they've got this new big three of KD Harden and Kyrie in their way that they have to go through Philly also got better too it's just like you gotta he's got to be starting to get discouraged like don't you want to like leave Boston and go make your own big three as much as it, you hate to do that. That's what you have to do to win a championship if Danny Ainge doesn't make these moves. Well, that's the team. That's the thing. They uh, played a team that we're going to talk about now, the Miami Heat, to try to reach the uh, NBA championship. And the Miami Heat right now are in the ninth seed. They are in the playing game. The eighth seed would be the Toronto Raptors. I got Heat all day money line. If that's the playing game, I'm ripping Heat with anything I have for my money. It's just, it's fake, of course, but I'd still rip it. And then we're going to talk about the Heat because 
wow, they've showed us a lot of stuff. Jimmy Butler was out with COVID. Bam had to kind of take that best player role while he was gone. And, hey, Bam had some 40-point games. We bet on Bam a couple of times. The over was hitting very nicely with Bam. Chad, let me just start with you, man. This is your team. You lock and relieve them as contenders, man. Can they get back to that spot that they were at last season? So here's, here's the thing. Uh, the whole thing behind the Heat this year is they've had a theme of whether COVID or injuries or whatever the case, it, we just, we've had some bad luck this year, especially with all the good luck we had last season. Um, I, I, as much as I want to say we're contenders, I just don't see us getting to the same level that we did last year. Um, whether it was due to the big start or, or the bad start, sorry, um, or just the improvement of these other teams, like said before, like the 76ers. And I don't know if we could beat the Celtics, to be honest, because they're, they're a good team. They're the, they're the sons of the East, in my opinion. Let me throw this question to you right now. Do you think the Heat, as currently constructed, could beat the Milwaukee Bucks as currently constructed? They did last season in five. They run it back this year. What's the outcome of that series? No injuries, of course, right? No COVID and none of that. I, absolutely, absolutely. I think we're, we're, we're born to be an underdog team, and we, we feed off that, and we have the right players for that. Like, Jimmy loves to hear the hate. He feeds off that. And I think we're a really well-led team. Spolster has been a great coach through and through. So, yeah. You see, I agree with you there. I'm going to lock him as contenders. Well, I don't know if you said that. I have to lock him, man. Their window of opportunity isn't large, but I think it's still slightly open. They beat some good teams, man. The Heat play very good defense. They get great shots, and they're very well coached. I take coaching very seriously in the NBA. If you know how to perfectly or utilize your five guys out on the court correctly, you get the upper hand. We saw Spolstra outcoach Brad Stevens in that playoff series. He was just doing more stuff defensively. He was throwing zones, mixing it between man zone, boxing one, was doing everything to these guys throwing them different looks. I think the Heat can go and get back to the Western Conference or Eastern Conference Finals one more time before the window is closed. Uh, let me throw it to you, Floyd. How do you feel about that? And then we'll get Aaron's take. Uh, so I'm glad you talked about that window of opportunity because in my eyes, it's closed. Think about it, okay? In what world is the Miami Heat going to get past the Milwaukee Bucks in the East, the Nets, my Celtics? And we haven't even talked about the Sixers who are up top. Okay, it took them going into a bubble with no fans at a hotel that's completely isolated to get there. It's not happening again. I don't see it happening again unless Tyler Hero lives up to the name and starts balling out because he's averaging like 13 a game. He needs to elevate. Bam Adebayo needs to get to that next level. And Jimmy Butler cannot be the absolute best player on your team for that to happen again. And here's the thing, because you mentioned Hero needing to step up and do that thing. And I, 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 I don't know. He will. I think he'll definitely develop as a player. He's very clutch at times. But um, I see the Heat, Heat's future just trading Hero in the future and, and trying to get another big player like Beal. So I don't really know if we're a contender this season, but I think the window is going to open back up real soon. Yeah, I agree with Chad. I'm I don't think this is their year. I think they're going to make some moves this offseason, maybe during the season. But this roster is currently constructed. They needed everything to go right for them last season to make it to the conference finals. And I just don't see that happening again. I mean, it was the perfect storm. Everything went exactly as it had to go. The odds of that are so low. I just don't see them making it back this year. I'm going to leave them. Cam, what do you think? 
Um, I actually kind of agree with Dylan and Aaron, honestly. I mean, exactly. You said it just right. Everything went right for the Heat. COVID last year, obviously, going into the bubble. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are not doing that if they have to go into a packed Staples Center in, in L.A. That is just not happening. Like, I'm sorry. These kids have been playing AAU their entire time. This was their first year in pro basketball, and they're playing in empty stadiums. So um, I understand it's like – the cold COVID thing. And just as Aaron said too, I feel I also, and Chad said, I do see the heat trading Tyler hero. He will not be on this team. You got to keep Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. He's one of the only players in the league I can deal with because he can't, because he can't shoot threes, but he does everything else. So right. So he's, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's very physical. He literally just beats you up and down the floor every single time. Bam also has to take that next step and make that development. And I think he will, but this roster is not making the finals this year. I'm leaving them out. Finals or conference finals. I think they can make the conference finals. They can, they win death by a thousand paper cuts. That's how they beat you, man. The Heat just work harder than you. If the series is close, they're going to make that extra play. They're going to die for that ball. They're going to make the right play down the stretch. You have players like Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson can make shots, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, veterans like Andre Iguodala. And now you have guys off the very, very end of the bench like Max Struess coming in and having a 30 ball because they have shooters. They're interchangeable. Their first five is damn just as good as their second five. Spolstra does a great job coaching them. Let's keep on moving on because they beat the Bucks. So I want to talk about the Bucks because they only added Drew Holiday. Do we think that Drew Holiday and, uh, and Bobby Portis, do those two guys really make the difference? Aaron, let me start with you. I don't think they make the difference necessarily. I think the Bucks, I think they're already there. I think they're already there. They were already there last year. They just had one bad series. Didn't happen for Giannis right there. Um, but – Locking them as far as ability to make the conference finals. Do I think they can beat the Nets? Probably not. Uh, but I do think they have conference final potential, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Floyd, let me throw it right to you. When you have a two-time MVP on your team, it's hard to discount the team. Uh, they're, they're always going to be in contention. Now, something that isn't talked about enough about Milwaukee is I believe that front office has done everything they can for Giannis to their best of their ability. And what that means is they've added players that maybe we don't talk about a lot that compete and play well. I mean, we're talking about Bobby Portis. When's the last time someone's talked about Bobby Portis? The dude averages 11-7. His PER is above 20. And they have three other guys who have a high PR as well, such as Drew Holiday, Chris, Giannis. They're, I'm locking them in because they're always going to be in contention. Yeah, even though what I saw last week wasn't – I mean, not last week, last year wasn't very encouraging. I'm still going to lock them in. I just – the question to me with the Bucks is, this is the best they're ever going to be. This is what they gave up for Giannis. Drew Holiday is the youngest he's going to be. They're going to they're gonna lock him up for the next three to four years. You're getting these players. This is the best the Bucks will be. Brooke Lopez is out of there soon, man. People are getting old. Giannis may be upset in two, three years when it comes, and he may be regretting for regretting uh, signing that contract. It's going to be very interesting. Cam, let's get your take, and then let's move on and take a break to the All-Star selections. I really, really hate the Bucks because I love Giannis as a player, and he's one of my – he's easily one of the most entertaining players to watch in the league, the way he's just like 
obviously the most dominant interior force we've seen since Shaq was in the league. But as Jay said, all you really did was add Drew Holiday. And as good as Giannis is, even in the playoffs, he'll be giving you 35 and 15 with like five assists. When it comes down to the game winner, it's Chris Middleton that's shooting that shot, not Giannis. And that's where the problem is. That's why I don't think they could make the conference finals for sure. As, as Floyd said, you got a two-time MVP and defensive player of the year in Giannis. Easily top, top three player in the league, easily. But at the end of the day, he can't win that game on a game-winning shot. And that's where I think the problem with that team is. I've seen Chris Middleton try to do it, and he can't do it. So I'm going to lock him, but I don't like to lock him. I'm going to leave him. I'll tell you why, because this, this isn't the same East that we saw last year. It's not the bubble. Uh, it's improved. And it's the same reason I left the Heat, you know, and it's the same reason I think the Heat can beat the Bucks currently. So um, I'm going to have to leave them. They, they only got Drew Holiday, like everyone said before. It's just I just don't see it getting done. Yeah, man, the playoffs are going to be fucking amazing this year. Hopefully we can get some more fans. Vaccine can be rolling out before it happens, get some – get some nice fan action in there because they just add so much more to the game. But with that being said, we'll take a quick break and then we'll uh, talk about our all-star NBA selections. Okay, so we are back. This is the part that I've been looking forward to, the NBA all-star selections, and here's how it's going to work. The starters, you get two guards and you get three forwards. For the reserves, you get two guards, you get three forwards, and you get two wild card spots that could either be a guard or a forward. You could flip flop them, have them both, whichever way you want to do it. So we're going to start off, and I'm just going to list a player in the Western Conference, and let's see if we all have this player. Let's just start off with the best guy in the world right now, currently LeBron James. I think that's one goes without being yep. said. Uh, he gets a spot in that starting lineup. Anyone want to add on and touch on, do anything about LeBron? Nope. I think enough said on that one. You know, go James, according to you guys. I like that. I like that. Go James. So we can just hop into the next one. I have Nikola Jokic in my center or my forward spot. How do we feel about Nikola, Nikola Jokic being a uh, all-star center this year? Best passing center in the league. He does His team's killing it. They're, they're locking up. Yeah, I don't think that Rudy Gobert even has a – argument in this fight no there's no case to be made no case to be made exactly that was a starter no all right so let's go on to another solidified player in the western conference that's stephen curry can we just keep that one at a steph show steph's keeps steph just hooping man i just love hearing you say it i just love hearing you i know because i was the biggest critic uh it's crazy uh i will say like twitter and shit is absolutely hilarious because there's nothing better than when steph gets hot and you see the tweet says Oh, Steph's hot. You got to run to a TV, turn it on. He can be hitting some 40-footers, maybe doing some, uh, some fruity dances, which I'm not like the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the biggest fool already. But we'll keep it sliding. We'll keep it sliding. Let's go on to someone who I think is controversial. The fourth spot, I have Donovan Mitchell making my NBA All-Star starting lineup. Let's just start because you guys are all shaking your heads. Floyd, and then we'll go to Aaron. Okay, so I understand you're a guy who values team success, how much better a guy makes their team, and the Mavericks haven't really lived up to the hype this year. But, I mean, come on, Luca, this guy, he was in the top three MVP race last year. He's putting up the same, if not better, numbers. He almost has a 30-point triple-double, and I get it. They've had some bad losses, some bad nights. You see the memes on Twitter of him looking angry as fuck, but that's just because he wants to win. 
So you can't hold that against him. He has to be a starter in the West. I mean, I get it, but no. Yeah, I mean, I completely yeah. disagree with you. There's no way Luca's a starter. It's Damian Lillard, bro. CJ's been out for so long. Dame is literally carrying this. He's averaging 29 carrying this old Blazers team on his back, bro. This has got to be the starter with Curry in, the, in that backcourt. I love Luca. He's had a great season, but his team's still not in the playoffs. And I understand that, like, Kristaps has missed some time. And he's Luca's a great player. He's having a great season. But Dame time is real. I, I was never the biggest Damian Lillard fan, but – we were watching him. We, I was watching him make me lose fake money last night, bro. And he was just lighting it up like he always does. Luca's team being bad is not his fault. Luca is playing awesome this year. He's done. Liter- he's literally great at every facet of the game. Dame's awesome too. Don't get me wrong, but Dame is not a starter for me. I have Dame on the bench. I have Luca starting next to Curry in the backcourt. I agree. Because um, I mean, look at look at what the Mavericks have done outside of Luca. They're selling his bag so hard. They're shooting like thirty one percent from three, like forty four percent from the field as a whole. It's bad. They are not playing well. Um, if they turn it on, they they'll probably be a playoff team. There's still a lot of season left. But as of right now, Luca has been much better than Dame and is a better player overall. Floyd, what do you think? I agree with you, brother. I mean, everything you touched on. I mean, Dame, I went back and forth with him a lot because in the beginning of the year, he was one of my top three MVP candidates and everyone was roasting me because I figured Dame would have a really great year. But when I watch Luca, it's just like, man, how the hell is this white boy doing this? He's stepping back. He's going to the rim. He does everything. He does everything. So he, he's got to be for me. But I mean, Floyd said it perfectly last time of what I think and what I take into account when I make these selections and that's a mix of seeding and your role in the team how well you're doing man I can't dispute I can't ignore someone who's 25 years old have his his team currently in the number one spot in the Western Conference and he's making those big shots down the stretch too when it comes to it you're playing great team ball he's a great leader on the team right now so uh I really like uh Donovan Mitchell in that spot we can all disagree. Aaron, what's your, let's get your last thing. There. Yeah, I don't think anyone's denying that he's an all-star. He's clearly an all-star right now. I just think we have a different view of whether he's a starter or not. I think pretty much everyone should be. If you're not, consensus that he's an all-star this year. I don't know what you've been watching, but I think that's pretty obvious. Jay? Yeah, exactly, man. Um, I mean, there's not many people that vote for the all-star game who actually have a vote. There's a fan vote. There's a coach's vote. But there's a player's vote. So it's really interesting to see what the players are going to respond to will they respond to more of someone who helps their team win or do they give the accolades to the guy who's killing it in the box score but with that being said let's move on to I think someone we should all have in the starting lineup would that be Kawhi Leonard do we have Kawhi Leonard as a starter in the Western Conference I think we do so someone shoot me one that you guys said it's Luca anyone does anyone have Dame I have Dame in there let's hear your case for Dame because I'm interested to hear this one kind of the same thing with the box score yeah, I mean, I kind of already touched on it, but like the main thing is it also I do factor in. Uh, I love Don Mitchell, by the way. He's not a starter for me. He is an all star, but I watch, I've been watching the Trailblazers games and CJ has not played in weeks. They are missing. He's literally going out there by himself, averaging 29, and they are the fifth seed right now in the playoffs. I literally watched him, as I just said, I was watching him on TV last night make, watching me lose fake money because I, was, I asked Luca to get the job done and Damian Miller was just splashing threes in his eye literally every possession. I love Luca, but it's got to be Dame. Real quick, real quick, shout out Carmelo Anthony. 
shout out you for proving the doubters wrong. When CJ's out, you're stepping up. I've seen the 20-point games. It's not going unnoticed, brother. I love what you're doing. Keep it going, bro. Absolute thank you. Thank you, thank you for bringing up Carmelo Anthony, my favorite NBA player of all time. That is the swaggiest scorer of yep. all time. He did it. You know what's coming. You can't do anything about it. Nuggets, mm-hmm. braids, mellow. Go back, watch some highlights, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But, uh, yeah, let's keep it moving to the Eastern Conference starters. I think we can name three off the bat that we all got. Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Everyone got those three. They're having great seasons. How do we feel about them real quick? It's got to be. I mean, I almost trolled a little bit and put Tatum in there somewhere, but the Celtics just haven't done it for me this year. So, all right, I'll give Giannis a nod this time. I was about to say, Floyd, I know you're not putting Tatum in there after that three for 14 night last night. Yeah, bad day to do the pot. I almost did, but not today. <laughs> yeah, it's got just like Jay said, it's got to be those three guys. I mean, KD is leading his team. Giannis still in the MVP conversation, but Embiid in the MVP conversation. So I think it's pretty clear and dry on this one. Yep. Uh, let's just keep on moving on then and go to the guards because this is where it gets tricky for me. We're definitely going to disagree on these. Does anyone have Harden as an all-star starter? Give me your I case do. for Harden as an all-star starter. Harden is absurdly efficient scoring the ball right now. Um, he's playing better defense than he usually does. Leading the league in assists, he's actually – something I've noticed is he's actually playmaking. He's not just, you know, waiting until the last second of the shot clock, throw it to another guy say, hey, hit this contested three. But he is looking really good right now. Um, and I – They've, the Nets have kind of shifted and playing him more at the point guard and Kyrie at the shooting guard. I like that a lot. I think Kyrie's been a lot better off ball and Harden's been a lot better on ball. Um, but high usage rate, playing great, high assists, high efficiency. I don't think it gets any better than that for James Harden. So that's, that's my case for him as all-star starter. I will give you him as an all-star, but I won't give you him as a starter because I swear to God, it's every night I turn on the television, I see that man just missing every shot, whether, every shot that matters. Every shot that matters. Yes, absolutely. Make the face all you want. This man doesn't hit it when it matters. That's why he's never progressed in the playoffs. This guy, he doesn't deserve it. He's just not it. Chad is just a certified Harden hater, bro, first of all. I don't know what game he's watching. As Aaron said, this is one of the most absurdly efficient scorers in the NBA. He's not a starter to me, but he's a clear cut and dry all-star. Yeah, Harden is, like Cam said, he's not a starter, but he's an all-star for me, and here's why he's not a starter. I don't reward players who quit on their team, threw a tantrum, got what they wanted, and all of a sudden flipped the switch back to top five caliber in the NBA. We knew Harden was just playing around. At the end of his tenure in Houston, his teammates were talking bad because they said, dude, do you even care about this anymore? I don't reward players who throw fits to get out of a city that gave them everything. That's why it's not a starter to me, Floyd. Let's hear your take. You know, it's, 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 it's a good thing you said that because before you made that argument, he was my starter. But now that you put it in that kind of perspective, you can't give the beard that kind of nod because the NBA is a game driven off of narratives. We see that in the MVP race every year, and it almost has to do with the All-Star game as well. And when you look at it, I get it. He averages 11 assists a game. Dude's been balling, but you can't gift him for the kind of narrative he's driven this season. And so I don't think I have him as my starter anymore. That's a good point. Yep. I mean, just like he said, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. He really put his franchise through a lot. 
He put his teammates who were trying to win, John Wall, who got traded to the Rockets and said, oh, man, I'm actually playing with very good talent. It's not like they traded me to the Timberwolves or something. We have a chance. Christian Wood is saying, dude, I'm playing the best all of my career, and you don't even care anymore. And then you got the role players who were there before Harden, and they say, Harden, we get what you're going through, but we're in that same situation, and we're not throwing a fit to get out of town. So uh, Harden doesn't make it for me. That's why, personally, I give it to Kyrie Irving. And I know Kyrie's been out too, but I think Kyrie's reason was, with mental health was different. He took his time off. He came back and was balling. He's averaging 27. Like Aaron said, he's kind of thriving in that shooting guard role where he doesn't have to set up teammates. He can kind of get to his spots, get buckets. How do we feel about Kyrie Irving being an all-star starter? I know that comes with a lot of controversy. I don't even have him as an all-star, not just a starter. I don't have him on my team. I mean, you want to talk about Harden quitting on your team. How about Kyrie? The dude just skipped half the season, just didn't even show up, didn't tell anyone where he was going. That's uh, it's not great. That's value lost by not playing those games. So I can't, Kyrie, I can't have Kyrie as a starter. Kyrie is a weird individual, okay? Harden yeah. knows what he's doing. Harden's doing this shit on purpose. Kyrie, he's just the, the helpless little kid. You got to kick him along. You got to help him along. He's doing some weird shit. But at the end of the day, he, he gets shit done and he doesn't Listen, quit on his team. I respect Harden for knowing what he's doing because he does know exactly what he's doing. And he gets it done. He knows what he wants and he gets it. I respect that. Cam, what do you got to say? Aaron, I agree with the Harden part. Like, I'm, he could, definitely could have handled his situation in Houston, shall we say, a little more delicately. But he knew he wanted to get off that team. He wanted to go to play with KD. I don't blame the guy for going to Brooklyn. I wanted that to happen anyways. But I completely disagree with you. Are you, real, you really do not say – Kyrie's a starter in the All-Star game for me, by the way. He's easily top two ISO scores in the league – has probably the best finishing package I think I've ever seen. Watching him dribble the ball, he's got he's so creative. He's got that ball on a string. It's literally like he's a walking highlight every single time you get on the floor. You're one of the biggest numbers guy I've ever met in my life, Aaron, and you really don't think this man's an all-star? Look at the shooting numbers. He's averaging 27 points per game in the games he plays. It doesn't make any sense. The shooting numbers aren't the problems. He's shooting great. He's playing, yeah, I have no problem with that. My problem is you look at an all-star game, I'm looking at total value, who's given the most total value to their team so far. And Kyrie, because he missed half the season, is not one of those people. I'm not, it's, if he had played every game at the same rate he's at right now, he'd easily be an all-star. Probably a starter for me over Harden, but he just hasn't, and that's, that's tough to make up. So. All right, so with that being about. said, let me throw you this question right away. You said total, total like, contribution to your team, Bradley Beal, all-star starter, yes or no? Easily. Easily, yes. He has been whew, something special this year. He's been a lot of fun to watch. He's, he's had a couple slumps here or there, but that's going to happen when they're doubling you because you're the only person on your team that can score. Um, but Bradley Beal, definitely an all-star. He deserves it. He got snubbed. Was that last year or two years ago? Uh, but either way, he deserves it this year. Get that man a starter spot. Well, Floyd, is there any case that you would want to make for maybe Jalen Brown slipping into that fifth spot as a – Eastern you know, I, 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 I was going to. It, it was between him and Beal. And the reason why you can make the case is because we were talking about it earlier. You have Tatum out, you know, for a couple weeks this season. And Jalen really had to step up, and he really has. I mean, the dude averages 26 and a half a game. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think we would be 500. And an all-star, they elevate their team. And Jalen Brown, 
is the only reason why there aren't riots in the street of Boston for Danny to get fired because that was a great pick and he has turned out to be a star player. I'll give it to Bradley because, you know, it's the only W he's going to take all year starting in that game. But, hey, Jalen, you're an honorable mention for sure. I have Jalen as a uh, backup. I definitely have him as an all-star. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's in there. Not starting. Not yet. Maybe next year. Agreed. Well, mentioning backups, let's just go right to the East Reserves, man. The East Reserves, you said you had Jalen Brown. Another player Mm -hmm. that I have is teammate Jason Tatum. I think that one's non-disputable, you know? You can't really dispute that. If you you argue that, you're an idiot. Yeah, that is probably the best duo in the next five years. Uh, That's what I would say. Uh, Cam, what's your quick take on that? Can we please put some respect on Zach Levine? He's got to be an all-star this season. He's averaging 28 points per game. He's top five in the league in scoring. He's on a terrible Bulls team, I know, but, like, this dude is an all-star. You can't tell me he's not on your guys' rosters. I completely forgot about Zach Levine. Uh thinking about these. Um, I probably totally forgot about that. May have to adjust my list, but let's keep on moving because – Zach Levine would take up one of the spots for the guards, but I have Trey Young in that spot. Trey Young, all-star. Is he an all-star this year? I think he is. I think he's putting up 29 and 11. That dude is something else, man. I, I give it to Trey Young. Uh, how do we feel about that? I saw a lot of faces twist up when that happened. So let's start with you, Aaron. He's right on the edge for me. I have a, a slash between him and Tobias Harris. One of those is my last spot. Tobias, dude, has quietly been amazing this year. Go look up what he's done. Tobias is shooting like 60% from two, 40% from three, averaging a lot of points, a lot of rebounds. He has been unbelievable, and no one has talked about it. So I want my guy to get some respect. Been a fan of him since he was on the Magic. Uh, but I do like Trey as well. But shout out Aaron, to Tobias Harris. Aaron, real quick. So you have Tobias Harris on your All-Stars. Can you just read me your reserves for the East? I- I'm just curious what your reserves are. Yeah, so uh, guards back up Levine. And Brown. Uh, my forwards are Tatum, Sabonis, Vucevic. And then I have, um, sorry, I have Randall. And then it's a, a slash between uh, Tobias and Trey for the last, last spot. My problem two, with that is just, is just that I can't give it to the third best player on that team, on the Sixers. I have to give it to the guy who's you know, it's the whole entire orchestrator of the offense. I can't give it to the guy who's getting open because of how good Joel Embiid is doing. And that's why Chris Middleton is a fringe all-star for me because it's so hard for me to give him his flowers when Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo make his job that much easier. So I'd rather give it to someone who's leading their team to the spot that they're in. Uh, But let's keep on moving to the forwards. Julius Randle. I have him as an all-star. Currently, the Knicks are in the seventh spot. He's every night a threat to get a triple-double. This guy's a baller. And I also have DeMontis Sabonis for my last forward spot in the Eastern Conference. I mean, hey, it might not be the most flashy guy, you know, but he gets the job done. Indiana's still right there in the thick of things, so we'll see what happens. Floyd, what's your take on DeMontis? Well, I was going to say, I hope you guys have Sabonis in your All-Stars because he is just a general reminder of what the NBA looked like about 10 years ago. And I love it because he embraces it and he knows his job and what he's good and what he's bad at. And he just increases everything around him tenfold. 
I mean, if you ever watch, I'm not saying I watch every Pacers game, but when I do, I honestly really like watching this guy catch it on the block, maybe on the elbow. He has playmaking, and he just kind of make a move. It's kind of nice, a little soft touch. You got to have him in there. I mean, he's almost like, I'm not going to say he's the Tim Duncan of our generation, but God damn it, he looks good on that block, bro. I love the play. I think it's time for me to throw the wild card out there that uh, we'll get a lot of disagreement. Levine's not making my all-star game. No. Gordon Hayward's making my all-star No. For the Charlotte Hornets. Gordon Hayward putting February, up 23, Jay, 5, and 5. The Hornets are currently in the sixth seed. Currently, as of right now, Gordon Hayward goes from being the fourth man on the Celtics and barely getting touches and being thrown to the Wolves, goes to the Charlotte Hornets, gets the big payout, and he is playing like the number one player on that team leading them consistently, getting mid-range buckets. I know that's why you don't like him, because he utilizes the mid-range so effectively. Floyd even said earlier he wishes he could have Gordon Hayward back. That guy is playing at an all-star caliber level. (laughs) Let's hear it, man. I know everyone's upset. Cam, I know. Keep it short, because I know everyone wants to say something. Yeah, I'll keep it short. First of all, Zach Levine is averaging 28-5-5, shooting over 40% from three. He is literally miles better than Gordon Hayward. And if he had half the – the Bulls are terrible. I love the Bulls, but Melo is legit. There's way more. The Hornets team is better than the Bulls. You you cannot deny me that fact. That is a factual statement. It is not close. Lori Markkinen's missed six weeks because with his torn shoulder, he's one of our better – he's literally probably our best player other than Zach Levine. It's not close. Gordon Hayward wasn't even consideration for me. I didn't even think about him. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I just don't. Who are you going to put Hayward in over? I mean, Zach Levine. That's just disgusting. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I like take that. into account seating. I really do. That's a big factor when it yeah, comes to tell. me. If I, dude, I think Gordon Hayward, he's literally on a team that's very young in the Charlotte Hornets. He's basically just saying, you know what, I'm going to be the vet on this team that's going to go out and get that 24 that we need every single night. And he's getting them when it matters. He's making defensive plays when it matters. He had a big block to end the game. I think this guy is doing everything that an all-star should be doing. I don't care. All all the points and stuff are boosted. Like Cam said, the most people ever scoring 20 points a game this season. So I don't want to take too much stock into him putting up empty stats. Give me the guy who averages five points less but gets his team into the playoffs. How do we feel about that, uh, Aaron? Because I know you kind of got a little convinced right there, didn't you? Yeah, not necessarily convinced. I I like Gordon Hayward as a player. I just don't think he's better than the guys I have ahead of him. I mean, would you take Hayward over LaMelo Ball right now even? Yes. Yes. Um, I think LaMelo Ball is going to be – dude, seeing him and being a Charlotte Hornets fan really makes me happy for our future because he – gets all of his teammates involved. So I know if you're a free agent out there, Charlotte may not be the best destination, but at least they can be like, all right, man, um, shit, you know, we still got LaMelo, and he can be throwing lobs to everybody, so it's going to be fun. But moving on, let's go to the West Reserves. The West, uh, I didn't have Luca in my starter, so he's in my reserves. You guys already said you had Donovan Mitchell. Let's throw one out. Paul George, he makes the all-star team? I think so. Let's hear a case for Paul George Floyd. I mean, I think it goes without saying, Paul George. I mean, like I said earlier, it's all about narrative. And going into the season, we said, okay, Paul, garlic parmesan, 
Paul, you got to get in there and play a little bit, bro. And he really has. I mean, we've seen the Clippers have great success this year. They're not on top of the conference as they were, you know, maybe a couple weeks back. But when it comes to Paul George, we know what he's about. We know what he can do. He was a top three MVP candidate. And this year he's shown us that. So I think he's got to be in there. Yeah, like Terrence talked about on one of the podcasts, go back and listen, and listen to it. He talked about Kawhi and PG, and he, he was just describing how Kawhi gets his 30, like, it's robotically. He gets to his spots, but PG likes to have fun with you, man. PG's the guy to do the dribble moves, get down, and start doing step backs, you know, have a little fun with you. PG, let's not discount him for the player that he is. He's been a bucket his whole career, uh, so I have him in there too. Uh, but let's keep on moving to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis isn't an all-star starter this year, but he still gets the nod to be a, uh, to be a reserve. The Lakers are yeah. in the second seed. You know, they're still doing well. Numbers and rebounds are a little down, but like you guys said earlier, he has that help with Montrez now. He has some more big men help with Marcus Saul, taking the ball away from him a little bit, and he doesn't have to do as much. They're just a deeper team overall. How do you feel about that, uh, Cam and then Eric? Yeah, I mean, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, I expected Anthony Davis's numbers to go down a little bit, especially, I mean, LeBron's as well. Just they, they come, they're coming off a championship. It was an accelerated season. They, they literally just surrounded their team with twice the depth. They don't have to do as much. They're winning most of these games pretty handily when both of them are completely healthy and playing. So, I mean, I'm not surprised his numbers took a little bit of a depth, but I think it's really not debatable. He's still an all-star in this league. Not a starter, but, I mean, he should be on everybody's reserve list. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely an all-star, but when I was making my list, I took into account his injury, so he probably won't be playing in the all-star game. Uh, last night, he got hurt, limped off. We'll see how bad it is, but they said minimum a couple of weeks he's going to be out just to play it safe. So I did not even uh, look at him when making my list. But normally, normal circumstances, yes, definitely an all-star. Well, then if there's a spot open, does Zion fill that spot? That, you read my mind. You read my mind. All right, so That's let's exactly hear the case. Put in. Let's hear the case for Zion, and then I'll throw it to Cam and Chad because they're, they're sucking Zion. up the teeth to try to get a word in. Right? Zion's putting up the quietest 24-9 and nine on high efficiency ever. People are calling him a bust on Twitter. I'm like, are you kidding me? How does that make any sense? The dude has been awesome. He's been exactly as advertised so far. I just – I don't know where people are not seeing him being great. I people might be on Twitter and start Orleans. watching basketball games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So – I love Zion. Great player. Should be an all-star this year with uh, Anthony Davis being out. 100%, Aaron. I think you're exactly right. Second-year all-star in my book. He's shooting 60% from the field. Everybody on Twitter, bro, is just looking at these box scores. Like, really look at Zion's box scores. I swear, every single night, it's like, oh, 12 for 14 shooting, 25 points. Like, this dude – He's, he's the three ball is still developing. He's around, he's around the league average from three. Like it's not great, but like, it's the second year in the league. I mean, we, what, we can't, we knew we didn't have a good three coming in and I'm sure it'll, he'll continue to improve in that area. But if he if any guy that's shooting 60% from the field and averaging almost 24 or 24 points per game, definitely an all-star in my book. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I think he's the real deal. I think uh, it's been so silent because of how much controversy has been going around the league all season long, you know, especially with Harden, Kyrie, and all of them teaming up and just all that, you know, Corona, all this. But he's he's been killing it. He's he's doing exactly what he's been expected to do and then some. So uh, he absolutely deserves this spot. This is an example of playing in New Orleans, okay? This is what I'm talking about. When you're not in a big market, Zion – 
it's crazy. That Mavericks game, I was watching it. I've never been so hyped to just see a big man just go for it and just look stronger and bigger than everyone else. And when you don't miss shots like that, it's the winning basketball. Aaron, you're a stats guy. Making shots is better than missing shots, and he makes a lot more than he fucking misses. If you listen, like. if I had Shaq, I'd post him up a hundred times a game. It's about getting the most efficient yeah. points. Usually that's threes, but sometimes it's banging down low. And in Zion's case, he's very good at banging down low, and he's super efficient with it. So I like it. Yeah, I love Zion's game, man. And like you guys said on Twitter, I look at those box scores. It'll say first half 10 for 10. And I'm like, who copy and pasted this graphic in to try and trick people? You know, there's no way <laughs> somebody should be going 10 for 10 and a half, not missing anything. And he's like, maybe misses two free throws. But he's just a very good player, young in his career. The Pelicans have a good duo for the next five years, too. Let's see how that goes with Brandon Ingram right there. But let's keep on moving because I want to get to my wild cards. My wild cards, the first one I have is Devin Booker. How do we feel about Devin Booker as an all-star selection? They currently have the Suns in the number five seed, Chris Paul along with him. So how do we feel about Devin Booker as a 2020 NBA all-star? Uh, let's throw it to Aaron and then Cam. I also have him as one of my wild cards. So I think you're spot on there. Been real efficient scoring. Suns have been good. I don't think there's too much to say about it. Um, I mean, he was an all-star. He's been an all-star before, right? So, yeah. Business as usual for D-Book. Love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. This is, this is another just year for him. Great on the offensive end. Still needs to improve on the defensive end. But, I mean, I can live with uh, – I can with how efficient he is on offense, I can live with it. He's definitely an all-star reserve. Lock it up. A name we haven't mentioned, because I, I agree with you guys. I, that definitely could be an all-star. Can we talk about Christian Wood? How, can we talk about him a little bit? A guy who's averaging 22 and 10 on a pretty successful Houston team? No? What are we thinking? I like Christian Wood, but not enough as an all-star selection, man, because that injury he had two weeks ago, he's been hampered a lot by that. That's true. He hasn't gotten that full-time. Chad, what's your take on Christian real quick? Someone I think is better than Christian Wood at the moment is Cole Anthony Towns. I think he, he's, he's better across the board at all stats, and I think he's shooting a higher percentage currently. Well, the sample size with Towns is very, right. very he, small. Yeah. He's right. barely played this entire season, along with Wood. But my guy for the wild card would be Chris Paul. I have him in, like, <laughs> last year. And let me explain myself. Let me explain myself. In the All-Star last year, he wasn't averaging that much different numbers. It was damn near the same numbers. And the reason why he's in is because the turnover. The Phoenix Suns added who? They added Jay Crowder and Chris Paul to their team. So they basically had the same squad as last year. And they went from out of the playoffs without Chris Paul to being the five seed with Chris Paul. The numbers may say 16 and 8 or 17 and 9, but that doesn't account for everything CP does. As you saw in the playoffs, he took that Thunder team on his back by himself, made the all-star team. I think the same happens this year. Don't look at the numbers sometimes. Look at the contribution. Let your eyes tell the story instead of the numbers. <laughs> This is an all-star game, though. It's not a team all-star game. Like, I get it. The impact that a player has on their team is super important, but it's the eye test a lot of the time. It's okay. What does this guy look like on the court? What is he capable of doing on his own time? And what does he bring to the table? I think before you consider Chris Paul, you got to consider John Morant if you're going that route. I mean, that, that's another guy out there in the West who, when you watch, he's pretty important to his team, and he, he does things that all-stars can do. So that's another consideration. I actually have another guy on my list that none of you guys have mentioned yet. Instead, 
My last guy on this list is Brandon Ingram, bro. This guy is having a great season. He's 40% from three, 86% from the free throw line. Come on, 24. He, he averages a block and a steal. This guy, he's, he's like mini Kevin Durant out there. He's my all-star. He's better than – he's definitely better than Christian Wood, and he's definitely better than John Morant. So, I mean, that's my last guy. I would say for that, usually the only time I want two players on the same team is if they're both either elite elite or they're top two in the Western Conference. So, so that's AD and LeBron. You know, the Nets with KD and Kyrie being all-star starters are both making the squad. I think Ingram and Zion, where they – are what the 10 seed shouldn't both be getting the nod to the all-star game just yet. I think Chris Paul going for 18 and six is a little more than John Morant's 18 and eight, just because he has them in the five spot. If John Morant was in the sixth spot or seventh. I give John Morant the edge there, but I, I think that, I think that seeding does matter right now. The Suns look like a very good cohesive unit. And that's because Chris Paul is the floor general for that team. Aaron, let's get your take. So you said, uh, Top two in the in the conference, you're okay with having two players. So in theory, you should like my last wild card. But since the reception Chris Paul got, I'm not too sure. No, it's not. It's actually Mike Conley. Whoa! He is having a career year. <laughs> he is having a career year. He's doing everything well. I want I want to give him some respect. I want to put some respect on this. <laughs> Mike Conley. He's not had a great career. Mike. Been very quiet. This is your last. This is your He's last having conference. a career year. Give him some respect. Put some respect on his name. I wouldn't. I would. If if you could give it to anybody on the Jazz, it would have to be. It would have to be Rudy Gobert as a second player, just because yes. he's already in the running for Defensive Player of the Year again. You saw that yam he had on Giannis, dude, who was the former Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy, I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of Rudy, but if you give it to a Jazz player, it's damn sure not Mike Conley. Hey, I have Rudy too. I have Rudy too. So. So you got three Jazz players going to the All-Star game. Listen, the Jazz have been great this year. I just don't think they can do it in the playoffs. The Jazz have been an awesome We're going to be having some personnel changes coming in the next podcast. Uh, (laughs) This is Aaron's last last pod. We got some trades we need to make. We're going to get some draft picks or something. (laughs) So with that being said, let's just do a quick run over of what we talked about. Uh, we talked about the uh, Phoenix Suns contending. We talked about all these other teams like the Bucks and the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. And I think that our consensus, I know, our consensus starters for the West, Steph, Luka, Braun, Kawhi, Jokic. For the East, Kyrie, everyone, I think more than not said Kyrie, Brad Beal, and then the three, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Going to the East Reserves, we all got Jalen Brown. How can you not? I don't think everybody has Trey Young that we talked about. I got Trey Young. Other people have uh, Zach Levine in his spot. Jason Tatum, Julius Randle, DeMontis Sabonis. Players that don't really flash out that much but get their numbers. And then me, they all vehemently disagree with the Gordon Hayward take. They like Zach Levine over him. Give me the yeah, Hornets guy. Give me the terrible, Hornets guy. Terrible, man. terrible opinion. Yeah. Yeah, give me the Hornets guy. But then going to the West Reserves, we go on. Luca, Dame, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Devin Booker. Uh, and who was the last one you guys were throwing at me? I'm not even going to mention the guy that Aaron did. So let's just uh, I think Paul George and some other players. But, yeah, with that being said, man, that's what I want to talk about. Florida State plays at seven. So, Hopefully, we can convince Cam to throw a lot of fake money on that, hopefully. 
Um, any last remarks that anybody wants to have? Let's start with you, Floyd. Um, you know, just real quick, Danny Ainge, get off the fucking couch. Um, waiting for the news from Woj any day now. And other than that, that's all I got. Yeah, that DEFCON Woj podcast is going to be very, very I got the good. notifications on, boys. I'm waiting. Exactly. So, Aaron, what do you want to say? Uh, you know, Tampa Bay one, two. You're just in a good mood. Still down in Tampa. What's going on, man? A lot of stuff's been going good for me lately. Pretty happy about it. Making some money. Um, Noel's going to win tonight, so that's going to be awesome. They're going to cover the spread. Take that under, though. Let's go, Noles. What does the bot say on the uh, Florida State Noles? Uh, its pick is FSU minus one and a half with the spread. So, so. we're taking minus one. I love that. Uh, with that being said, Cam and Chad, any last remarks? What's going on? Two-team teaser. Florida State with the under. That is free money certified. That's all I got to say. Good night. Jay, my last thing I was going to say, uh, we're locking it up. Go Knowles. Let's get this money tonight. Go Knowles, baby. Yep. Follow the Twitter at Everything Hoops. Follow the Instagram at Lock It or Leave It. Got all this stuff coming, more content. Can't wait to talk about it. More guests coming up, so stay tuned. We'll see you guys later. Peace. Very nice to me. Because you're being naughty, so you're on the naughty list. No, I'm not. I'm on the good list, actually. You're not because you, you ain't being good.